Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome to another episode of Better the Brand Designer Podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Giselle. And we are so excited to talk about today's topic. But before we get into that, I actually have a question for you, Giselle. All right, let's hear it. So as brand designers, I know that we already have way too many fonts, but we're always on the lookout for more. At least I am. Um, I don't know about you, but I, (laughs) I don't think there's ever like a cap on how many fonts I can have. So I wanted to know what font are you like currently obsessing over right now? Yeah. I mean, it's also really hard because of the type kit, right? Like we have all of these fonts available to us with Creative Cloud. Um, I, I think one of my favorites right now, and it's been a favorite of mine for a while, uh, but I, it's kind of like at the end of, I can tell like I'm about to get over this, is Branding Grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Branding Grotesque is actually like one of the first fonts that I fell in love with when I started being a designer. So yeah, I'm right there so with good. you and I love that we can talk about this and you know what Branding Grotesque is. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about for you? What's your favorite? My favorite font right now is one that I haven't bought yet. Um, it's not part of Typekit, but I discovered it on Creative Market. It's called Recoletta. And I will send you the link later, but it's just this gorgeous, um, like retro meets modern typeface that I really, it has 14 different styles, but I really, really like the really bold one. Um, it's a little quirky. It's got a little personality. Um, I really, really want it. It's $129, which is like way more than I've ever spent on a font. But yeah. I'm working on a project right now where I really want to use it. Ooh, so, you might just have to. I'm looking at yeah, it right I might, now. I might have to. You know, it's actually in that mood board that I just sent you. Oh, is it? Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. That, Jen uh-huh. just sent me a mood board for one of our clients. Like we, we like to share stuff with each other. And it is amazing. Mm-hmm. She is a mood board queen. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> mood boards are probably my favorite part of the process. Ooh, I, I, I love like, it. I like developing the concepts and the color palettes. But mood boards are a special place in my heart. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at Recoletta right now in front of me and it's beautiful i absolutely love it (laughs) all right you guys go check it out i'm sure 120 dollars is way 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 out of a lot of people's price ranges but like i'm a crazy person so i'm actually considering getting it yeah Um, it's a good investment (laughs) thanks all right so um, we are both really excited about today's topic Um, i know i keep saying that but we wanted to kind of have like an open honest discussion about pricing yourself as a brand identity designer. Um, this is something that a lot of people have like struggle with, um, when they're first starting, but also when, you know, even a couple years into their, their journey as, as a studio owner, um, it, it really is like the topic that everyone brings up. Everyone has questions about. Um, we really didn't plan out our conversation very much today. So this is really legitimately going to be like just a kind of on the spot conversation between us about our uh, pricing practices and any advice that we have for you guys. Yeah, definitely. And just to start off with this conversation, we want to say that pricing is something that can be very personal. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can take everything with a grain of salt, but at the end, something is going to work differently for you um, and the clients that you're serving. Exactly. And it also depends, you know, like, I mean, there are so many different answers to 
how much should I charge? You know, like, I feel like I see that question pop up in, in Facebook groups and communities that I'm a part of all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a question that I asked myself, you know, when I first started John Davis design, you know, how much do I charge? And there are so many factors that go into that question. So I actually want to know Giselle, like what kind of factors do you think go into what you decide for, you know, like when you decide how much you're going to charge a client, like what do you consider? Yeah. So for me, I consider is like what your hourly rate is. And even though I don't work on hourly rate for all of my projects, um, that's something that I factor into it because I want to know how much time am I going to be spending on this project. And then on top of that, I've factor in like how much, how much risk is a client taking by having this project? So, you know, if they're a big company and they have a lot of things that they need changing because of a new design, like that's a lot of risk. If they have, you know, a signage in front of their storefront, or if they have um, tons of marketing material materials already out there and or how many employees they have things like that they have to make sure that it's going to be a really good design that's actually going to um, help them out and they're going to come out of this better than they came into it and that's going to be more value to the client so I would charge more for that as opposed to it being something kind of small if it's like a poster design or something that's like um, like a seasonable thing, then you would charge less for it. That, that kind of thing, I factor into it. Um, I factor in like how often it will be used, which is why branding is so expensive is because you use it so much and like you're using it almost all the time. If you were to divide all of the times that you're using or your client is using their branding, um, they're like mm-hmm. probably paying cents for it for each use. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting Um, thing that you brought up. And I know we had a conversation about, you know, licensing and usage a couple of weeks ago. And that actually really opened my eyes to like understand, okay, like this isn't just calculated based off of the number of hours it takes me to produce something. Like as brand designers, we are kind of in a unique position where like we are like signing away full rights to like what we've created to our clients because they need to have full rights to their own brand. You know, it makes sense. Um, But there's a price that comes with that. You know, like there is a price that comes with me creating something completely custom for you and then you taking it and having full rights to do with it as you please use it as many times as you want for as long as you want, you know, could be a hundred years, you know? So that was one thing that really opened my eyes um, when it comes to, you know, the pricing conversation when Giselle kind of mentioned like usage and scale of the business and, you know, like how many eyeballs are going to be on it. And there's just, there's so many things. So, yeah. 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 And we can definitely have another podcast episode about licensing and things like that. And also (laughs) brush up on our research on that because I'm not an expert at that at all, but (laughs) I know. Yeah. Me neither. I feel like I just kind of get bits and pieces here and there, but, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You were going to, you're going to keep going. What's another thing that you kind of factor in? Um, I think that's about it as far as I can remember. But yeah, like Jen, what do you factor into pricing? Um, Let's go back to like the first logo I ever designed for someone. This is like Mm -hmm. seven, eight years ago when I was, you know, still in college or something. Ooh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was like for a a family friend who, you know, was a massage therapist. And I I wasn't using Illustrator at the time. So y'all, this is like how far back this was in my design career. Um, at the time I was working for minimum wage at uh, Plato's Closet, which is a clothing resale company. I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. I, I worked there. It was my summer job in college. So it's like Buffalo Exchange, right? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. So 
I was like, okay, well, I get paid this much hourly to work retail. So that's what I should charge hourly to do a design for someone. So I was like, <laughs> I'll charge you like $30 or something. And I, I actually, it was so funny because I look back at that and think, wow, I, I just really didn't know what I, what I didn't know, you know? Yeah. But like my, the client quote unquote client, you know, it was like basically like a practice project. Like he was really, really nice and like very respectful of me. And he was like, no, that's too little. I'm not going to pay you a minimum wage to design a logo for me. Like how is $300? And I was like, whoa, that is so much money. I could never <laughs> accept that. You know, like, I, I mean, like yeah. that was just my inner monologue, you know, cause I was like, wow, like over a hundred dollars. Like that's so much money. Like how, how in the world, you know what I mean? So, yeah. It sounds I mean, like he, when you give a he, kid like $5 and he's like, whoa, I know, I know. Like I know when a toy was $20, like it was expensive. You yeah. Know? So I mean, I, that's just kind of like the way I grew up and, you know, I, I just, I felt like $300 was just so much money. I mean, $300 is a lot of money. Like that is a lot of money. And so like for me, like, you know, my little, uh, like, um, like 16 year old self, you know, like just doing it. What, it's like eight years. I said eight years ago, how old am I? Yeah. 17. Like that just seems so much. And he ended up convincing me to like, you know, give me the check for $300. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like. I guess I was like, something's not adding up here. Like I have this like value that I put on my work that's different than what others, than someone else values. Usually it's the other way around. Usually we value our work way more than other people value our work. But that was kind yeah. of an instance in my, you know, the very, like my budding design career where I kind of had that, like that check, like, whoa, okay. Like pricing isn't just how much time that I spend on it, you know, yeah. like you have to think about like, so, so I guess I'll just jump into a couple of factors that like, like I factor into like my pricing now. Yeah. Um, having learned from that, having learned from that. So like, guys, I started at ground zero, probably like ground, like negative one. <laughs> um, but, but now, you know, I've been running my studio for a little over a year um, at the time that I've recorded this episode. And I feel like I've learned so much, you know, I feel like I've come so far from, from that, that first logo I ever made. And it's not necessarily hourly anymore. I will go ahead and share my pricing. My, my hourly rate is a hundred dollars an hour and little 17 year old me would have thought like, Whoa, what the actual heck, like, mm -hmm. who do you think you are? You know, but like I factor in the number of hours I work on a project, I factor in the value that I'm going to be providing the person. Are they putting it on a product that they're going to sell? You know, like, are they going to be using it, um, on, like you said, like banners and signs and like, you know, where are, where is it just, where is it going to be displayed? You know, I think about taxes. That's a uh -huh. big one, you know, like what the freelancer tax is like astronomical. It's over. I mean, I want to say it's probably 35% of everything I make. I go back to the government, you know, like, yeah. And so I have to like really consider that I have to consider payment processing fees, you know, like mm -hmm. using Stripe and PayPal isn't, isn't free. So yeah. like, I have to consider that I have to consider, you know, my Adobe creative cloud subscription, like materials, even though we're not product-based businesses are still expenses that we have. And there's still things that we need to think about when we're setting our pricing, you know? So yeah. I kind of landed on my current pricing, which for my brand, for my basic brand identity package without like any web is 2,300. And I really like that price for me personally, where I am in my journey some of mm -hmm. y'all might think, whoa, that's super high. And some of y'all might think, okay, she needs to raise her prices because that's not enough. So 
I'm not saying charge this at all, but I do want to share with you guys, you know, because pricing is such a thing that people don't really talk about. So like, you know, I, I think it's important to be able to like share those numbers with you because we want this to be a really open, honest conversation. So yeah, those things that I mentioned, you know, in addition to how do I feel when I'm designing a project? Do I feel, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not getting paid enough for this. Or am, do I feel, wow, like I feel really fairly compensated, but I'm not like killing my client. You know, like I, I feel like it sometimes it, it gets to a really intuitive level for me. Um, and this all sounds so complicated, but like, what do you, what do you think about that? Giselle, do you feel that kind of like intuitive, like this is a sweet spot kind of, kind of feeling? Definitely. And on top of that, like you kind of, um, touched on it. It's like, you're talking about like ethics, right? Like mm-hmm. when you, you get to know a client, you know, more of a high ticket item. So they're not just going to like send us a check and not even talk to us first. Right. Um, so we get to know them. We ha- ask them a bunch of questions and we really gauge like where they're at in business and where they're headed. And we're not going to take on a client that we know is just doomed from the start. Mm-hmm. Or on top of that, we're not going to try to sell a client something that we know they can't afford. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing that we factor into it. For me, um, my pricing is not online because it's like more of a negotiation based Mm -hmm. sort of pricing um, and value based as well. Yeah. But I do. With that said, I do have hourly rates and I actually have my hourly rates. um, I have like this chart where depending on the client size and the kind of um, type of work that I'm giving, I have a different hourly rate for that. Wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah, so then it's like I, I know where it's coming from as, as opposed to pulling out of you know thin air and being like, ah, today mm-hmm. I'm going to charge this much. It's like, no, like I have right. a stage in my business where I'm at right now and this is how much right. I, I want to charge a client. And um, at the moment, it's between like, my hourly rate is between 130 and 180. That's awesome. The project itself is just, I don't really have like a base um, rate for like projects. I just like think about how long is it going to take. And um, at a, I'm at a point in my design studio where I have junior designers working for me. So I also have to factor that in Yes. Um, and decide like, how am I going to compensate them? Because I was once in their shoes, you know, yeah. I don't want to come into a project. Like they know so little about pricing right now. And I kind of like feel it upon myself to teach them. I feel like I'm, you know, we're, we're a tribe together. And then if they go off to a different client and that that client isn't going to be able to like protect them in a way, like, I don't know if there's a better word for it, but I kind of feel like protective. No, that's and good. Think, like, I'm not going <laughs> to like, I want them to, if they're going to go to a different client, like I want them to know like what to charge and, and what they need. And like a contract, like one of my junior designers, like she had never sent an invoice before. And, mm-hmm. um, I just told her, hey, like, just so you know, I need an invoice for my own tax purposes. And you can, I actually told her about Bonsai. I'll have to ask her later today if she's using it, but yeah, um, things like that. Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting because I'm in a very similar, I mean, I wouldn't say similar, but I'm on the other side of that. Like I do contract work for other design studios because I think it's a great way for me to, I mean... I'm not really in the skills development phase because I feel very confident in my, my abilities, but just having those relationships with studios that have had more experience than me, I think is always worthwhile, not just for getting the projects and getting the money, but for like making those relationships with people and learning from people who have like come before you. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, that's a whole other conversation that we can have, but it's just like, you know, how much, you know, if I buy this for X amount of dollars and I, sell it for this much, you know, you have to make sure that there's a margin in there. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing, you know, the price of, if you have, if you're a studio that 
has, you know, other people that you're hiring, you have to uh, incorporate that into your, into your fee. Yeah. And, and like you said, um, we can go into like talking about how do you figure out your hourly pricing? Because you had mentioned, you know, you talk about all of the expenses that you have. Yeah. So we have Adobe CC. We probably have like other things that we're paying for on creative market. So maybe we have a budget for that every month or $129 fonts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe not if you're just starting out. But <laughs> um, we also have to consider, you know, if we're working from home, like Jen and I are, mm-hmm. um, we use like a part of our space at home as a tax deduction. And we have to know about that as well. And we also, we have to like measure it out and like submit it to our tax forms or whatever. And, um, we also have to factor in like electricity, gas, um, internet, um, phone service, right. Printing costs, like all sorts of stuff that you can even think about. If you are having a hard time, like coming up with all of these, like there's a ton of articles online that you can look up. There's also like, if you use QuickBooks or even Wave, they have a lot of categories. So if you're already like tracking um, things that you're spending, then you'll be able to better project the next year's expenses. And that on top of groceries, you know, gas for your car mm-hmm. and all of your, those budgetary expenses, healthcare, yes. all, yeah, yeah, like all like, of your bills, like, exercise like Mm -hmm. everything that you're spending money on like living costs basically and on top of that like what state you're living in what region like Mm -hmm. I'm living in Ventura County it's like one of the like it's pretty expensive here and I'm living in Killeen Texas which is a very cheap place to live because it's kind of in in the middle of nowhere so yeah Giselle like I I love all of those those things that you mentioned and it can sound incredibly overwhelming, you know, when you think like, how am I, how on earth am I going to factor my gym membership into my hourly rate? You know, <laughs> yeah. one of the things that really helped me when I first started, and this doesn't have to just apply to someone who's a new designer, like this can happen, you know, this can be good for, for anyone at any, in any stage of their business was sometimes you just have to pick something and run with it and then evaluate mm-hmm. it over time. Like the first price you and choose over and over again, and over and over again. Yeah. You always have the first price you choose is probably not going to be the one that you stick with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, um, I just recently went through my finances and kind of like did a little audit on myself and like listed out every single expense that I've had this year. I divided it by month. Um, and then I, I listed out every single client that I've had, every single invoice, every single invoice number listed them out. And then, you know, it really comes down to like income minus expenses, you know, like, and so I took a a hard look at that. Um, and I kind of adjusted some of my expenses, you know, the subscriptions that I pay for and stuff to kind of, you know, make sure that that profit margin is still something that's like, you know, sustainable for me. And, and I am in the growth phase of my business. You know, I'm not making a full-time income off of Jen Davis design at the moment. I'm seeing, a lot of growth in my business, which I'm so, so grateful for. Which is super exciting. It is super exciting. Yeah. It is amazing because like, it's not always been like that, you know, um, there's like been this whole like arc, you know, that I've been on emotionally as well. Um, like just now, like looking back and looking at the clients that I've done, you know, this year and, you know, looking at all the expenses, cause I took a ton of courses, you know, last year and the beginning of this year. And I have a lot of expenses, you know, starting up the business and stuff, but I finally, you know, when I landed on the pricing that I have now, and I started working on, on projects for clients that were like full price rather than working for friends at a discounted rate, I, I took inventory of like how, I felt while I was designing 
And I think that that's a really good exercise, you know, just for anyone to do. Like, even if you've had the same pricing for forever and you're really happy with it, like the next time you do a project, like think about, you know, how you feel before you start working on it. Like, think about, you know, are you dreading working on it? Are you really looking forward to doing it? Are you excited about it? You know, I really feel like every single time that I've been paid less than what I'm worth, I've known like intuitively without actually knowing that it was the right number or whatever, if that makes any sense at all. Like, and, and the times that I've been paid like fully and like very, like very well compensated. And I feel is a fair price to ask. I feel just so I feel light. I feel excited. I feel like, you know, wow, this is my career. I'm proud of myself. Like there's a sense of pride and confidence in, in myself that comes from charging what I'm worth. And I really feel like it makes me design better too. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I, um, kept referring back to as I was learning about pricing myself was if you're dreading that client call, it means you're not charging enough or it means that you just really didn't choose the right client. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, usually it means that you're not charging enough. Like if you're dreading the work, it means that you you're not compensated enough Mm -hmm. and you just know these, like these are feelings that you get and you just like start to recognize them over time. Exactly. I mean, like I, I worked on countless projects at like rates that were way, 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 way farther below what I currently charge and the amount of like excitement that I enjoy pure joy, you know, like legitimate joy. What other type a person like gets to go to work and enjoy their job as much like we have such a cool job guys like I just felt I felt that you know when I when I really started feeling compensated and asking for what I felt like I was worth you know um and like like I said there'll be people out there who are way way ahead of me in terms of like okay I work with bigger clients I charge you know maybe 10 grand or 15 grand for like websites and stuff like I Or there are people who are just starting out, like, I don't really feel comfortable asking for that much. I don't think my clients are going to be able to afford that. You know, like, I guess another really big thing is, is know your audience, you know, like maybe we should talk about that for a little bit. Like, you know, is like, like Giselle said, like, is this, is your pricing going to be something that they can realistically afford? And I'm not talking about the people who don't understand the value of your services and don't want to pay you for it. It's like people that literally just can't. (laughs) I know. It's like, yeah, yeah. For every audience that like, that exists, you know, people who are just starting out who don't want to invest the time, you know, they may not be spending a lot of money, but yeah. And then there's another group of people who are trying to up level, you know, and then there's another group of people who like, you know, work for really big corporations that are going to spend like hundred grand, like plus on, on branding, like, you know, people who work at, have worked at, at, um, at agencies, you know, know that type of thing. So yeah. you wouldn't charge the person who's just starting out, hundred grand because they're not only not going to be able to afford it, but like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of disrespectful a little bit, not saying that like, I mean, people make mistakes all the time. Yeah. I feel like it's like, it's like you owe it to them. Like there have been, um, a few people that have come to me asking for branding and we hop on a call and we talk about what they're doing and they're at such an early level of their business that I can just tell that, you know, in six months time, if not even less than that, they're going to be pivoting in their business and it's not going to do them any good branding everything full on from the get go because it's going to change in six months time, regardless of how good the work is. If the business itself, like in terms of its core isn't solid yet, then I don't think branding is a good call for them or investing in branding. I mean, it's a good call. And at that point, like maybe you want to DIY or you want to like kind of like stitch it up with, you know, other people. But yeah, like things like that is when you realize like, yeah, like this isn't the right client for me yet. Right. I'm sure it will be in the future. Exactly. I mean, and like, like I always say, you know, 
I mean, what what do I say? Like I always say, am I like a grandma or something? Um, (laughs) I I, I actually, I don't know. I I feel like I do see this a lot. Is that like, you got to play the long game. Yeah. You know, I feel like with branding, especially because it it, more often than not, it is a bigger investment for business owners. You're not just going to meet someone randomly on Instagram and then they're just going to pay you a ton of money to do their brands. Like people like, like Giselle said, like they need to have a relationship with you. You know, like you need to show them that like you're trustworthy, like, I mean, and all of those things, like, it's not just like, oh, we're going to exchange money and services by it's this like holistic experience for a lot of people. I feel um, that is, is worth a lot to people. And that's, you know, probably why most of us get most of our our work from client referrals because they see the value. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, like, I really love this conversation as always, like we have a really great conversation together. And this one, as Jen said earlier in the episode, like we didn't really have it planned and you know, we covered, you know, figuring out your hourly pricing, like figuring out anything that you have to factor into your pricing for, let's say like package rates and also just like being ethical and like knowing um, that you're being true to yourself and to your client in terms of pricing. Is there anything that you want to add that we No, I mean, that, that really sounds like you, you kind of hit everything. And just like, just, just so you guys remember, like, like, like Giselle said, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. You know, we are not the end all be all on pricing, you know, like there are so many resources out there that you can go check out. But I do think it is important to be open about pricing, not only with your clients, but with your competition, you know, like Giselle's technically my competition, but she's also my friend. And like, whether or not you're like blasting your prices out, you know, to the internet, if you don't feel comfortable sharing those on your website, like find a designer friend, you know, find someone that you can talk to about your pricing. You know, like I, I really feel like there's such value in like in talking about it because it's something that people just don't talk about very often. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And as much as like, it's great to hear people say, yeah, like I don't, you know, we're not going to tell you what to charge, but blah, blah. And they never talk about like what they charge. Like that doesn't help. Like that never helped me, you know, growing into like the pricing that I'm at now. Like I need to have a reference point because I also need to know, okay, they're way more experienced than me. So I can't be charging more than them because the clients are never going to choose me or or whatever. Like you just have to know where you fall. And, um, we had mentioned this, I think in a previous episode, but if you're still stuck on like pricing and like where you should be at in terms of pricing, check out the um, Artist Guild handbook for pricing and ethical guidelines. Mm-hmm. Edition 15 is out currently. Definitely go get that. You're going to use it no matter what. Yes. And on top of that, like Jen and I, like she said, like, yeah, we're technically competition, but we I see more of us as like collaborators. And yes. if I could afford Jen, I would totally <laughs> hire her for some of my projects. But maybe oh, in the future, so that'll be a possibility. Likewise. Oh, thank you. No, I feel the same way. And like, you never know, like what type of like collaboration is going to come out of you, like being open and like, you know, communicative with the people that are technically your competition. And that's what our Facebook group is really all about. You know, like I know, um, that hashtag community over competition. What is that from Giselle? It's like create um, rising tide, rising tide society. Yes. Um, that hashtag is so true. You know, like this really is a community to us. And, and that's one of the, th- the reasons why we started this podcast is we want to see like conversations like this about pricing. We want to see you guys having those conversations with each other, whether or not we actually see them or if it's a private conversation, like, yeah, it's just so helpful and it helps us not feel as alone or feel like we don't know what we're doing. Um, so, 
So yeah, um, we'll probably have some some pricing stuff in the Facebook group around the time that this episode releases. Um, and we're really excited to kind of talk with you guys about it because it, again, this is something that not doesn't really get discussed very often, especially not on like the platforms that we use all the time, like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So with all that said, like we're going to wrap up this episode with our inbox question and I'm going to get started on this one this time around. So Jen, how do you manage your time as a small business owner? This is something that changes probably weekly for me. Um, I haven't found that sweet spot schedule kind of yet. I feel like it changes based on my mood, my energy levels. But one thing that's like really tangible that you guys can kind of try on your own that I like to do is I like to set timers for myself Mm -hmm. and I like to maybe set like an hour timer and then only work on one task for that entire hour and see how much I can get done in one hour. And I feel like that really, really helps me compartmentalize and I don't end up sitting down on my computer and then looking at five hours later. And I've only worked on like one thing where I need to get six things done. So that's something that I've recently been using. Like it's a kind of a a method or tool that I've been using to kind of keep myself on track. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, we get into flow when we're designing. It's fun. Like the time can melt away and the the alarm going off kind of like snaps me out of it and makes me realize, okay, like I don't have to just do this one project. I actually am working on multiple different things. So yeah. Yeah. That, that is so helpful. And, um, I, I've been recently working like that too with ClickUp. Yes. ClickUp, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's like Trello and Asana had a baby. Honestly, it's the, it is the coolest. You can make it as complicated or as simple as possible. Yeah. And um, you can put time estimates in it. So I'll put like a time estimate of like, okay, I think I'm, it's going to take me two hours to do this. And then like you said, Jen, like I'll like do a timer for that much time. And mm-hmm. that way, like, I think this happens to all, almost all creatives, we kind of have like squirrel brain where we want to work on multiple things at once. Yes, I'm so there with you. And on top of that, like all these deadlines looming in. Yeah. We almost feel an urge, like we have to do everything at the same time and that that's going to get you nowhere. So mm-hmm. what that's done for me is like, it really keeps me on that one task and I'll see myself like maybe 15, 30, 45 minutes in, like I'll want to move to a different thing. And it just keeps me in that one task and makes me a lot more productive. And that includes like checking my email. Like I'm not going to check my email during the task. Oh, wow. I haven't, I haven't gone so far yet. Usually (laughs) it involves me not picking up my phone and like turning like my notifications off. That's another, that's another thing that's like really big. Yeah. That's a good tip. Like, I feel like all these like little mini topics like could be such like, intense conversations. Like I actually love talking about productivity and time management. So we'll have to do an episode about this later on. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Well, another great conversation. Yes. We'll see you guys later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. I bet you've got a designer friend who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Working from home got you down? That's exactly what our Facebook group is for. Search for Better, a brand designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.